You're listening to Audio Divina, reflecting on the gospel with Father Francis J. Maloney, STV. In this episode, we look at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. Today's gospel reminds us who it is that we are following to a cross. The transfiguration indicates that the suffering Son of Man is also the Messiah, the Son of God. Chosen disciples are witness to this truth, and they would like to bring Jesus' journey to death to an end by making tents to hold the moment. Christian life cannot just pitch a tent. The journey to Jerusalem and to the glory of death and resurrection must be completed. We begin now with a reading of the text by Michael. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There in their presence he was transfigured, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as dazzling as light. And suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them. They were talking with him. Then Peter spoke to Jesus, Lord, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you want me to, I will make three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when suddenly a bright cloud covered them with shadow, and suddenly from the cloud there came a voice which said, This is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favour. Listen to him. When I heard this, the disciples fell on their faces, overcome with fear. But Jesus came up and touched them, saying, Stand up, do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. So they came down from the mountain. Jesus gave them this order. Tell no one about this vision until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. We will now hear a reflection on the text by Father Maloney. Every year on the second Sunday of Lent, whether it be the year of Matthew, Mark or Luke, the Church reflects upon the Gospel account of the transfiguration of Jesus. We might wonder why at this stage of the year in penance preparing for Easter, we have this moment of glory. But in terms of the Gospel story, it comes at a crucial time in our liturgical year as we move towards Jesus' death and resurrection. Immediately prior to the Gospel that we read today, Matthew's version of the Transfiguration, there has been a moment of glory as Simon Peter has confessed his faith in Jesus and Jesus has told him that these things have been made known to him by God. But then, for the first time, he began to speak of his forthcoming death and resurrection. That first prediction of his death and resurrection is immediately followed by the account of the transfiguration that we have in the Gospel today. As Jesus moves towards his death, the journey to Jerusalem and the death that he will experience there is interrupted by this unexpected moment of glory. Jesus takes Peter, James, and his brother John to the top of a high mountain where they could be alone. 
these first disciples that Jesus called to himself at the beginning of his ministry join him on a high mountain. This is the second time that Matthew has spoken of an experience that takes place on a mountain. Because of Israel's experience of Sinai, where they met God and entered into a covenant with him, mountains are important, especially for Matthew. But they were important in Israel and in many other religions, because mountains take us closer to God. It is on a mountain where God makes himself known. And so, therefore, before their eyes, there in their presence, he was transfigured. The description of his transfigured form, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light, comes from language which Jewish thinkers used to speak of the appearance of the Messiah at the end of all time. The final appearance of the Messiah has been anticipated as this glory is experienced by these three disciples on the mountain. Therefore, in the middle of a journey towards suffering, Jesus appears before three of his disciples as the glorious Messiah. There is a link between Jesus' forthcoming death and Jesus being the Messiah. The language and the symbolism may be from Judaism, but Matthew's interpretation of it is entirely Christian. But the disciples do not only witness the messianic presentation of the transfigured Jesus. Suddenly, the text says, Moses and Elijah are there in conversation with him. Symbols of the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah, join Jesus on the mountaintop. They are one. In Matthew's understanding of the ministry and the death and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus is the crossroad between the gift of the law and the new dispensation that takes place in Jesus Christ. The law, the prophets, and Jesus are one. And now the disciples find themselves at the crossroads of God's salvation history. The law established a covenant with the chosen people. The prophets performed the task of continually reminding the people, sometimes severely warning them with threats of the challenge of the covenant, chastising them in their unfaithfulness, encouraging them in their doubt and despair. Both the law and the prophets, before the coming of Jesus, looked forward to God's final intervention into the human story. In seeing Jesus transfigured, one with the law and the prophets, the disciples are witnesses to God's intervention as the messianic turning point of the human story. However, the disciples have a problem. They would like to stop God's history. Peter suggests that tents be set up 
so that this moment of truth can be held, so that they can turn it into a static vision for all to behold. He is happy to settle for that particular truth-filled moment. Stop the journey here. Let it go no further. This, of course, cannot be. While he is still making this suggestion, a voice from the clouds affirms that Jesus is not only the Messiah, as visible in his transfigured form, but also the Son of God, the beloved Son of God. He enjoys God's favour, but in order to enjoy God's favour, he must respond unconditionally to God's will. There's more to this journey than the experience on the mountain of the Transfiguration. If the disciples are to fully understand all that is happening, they must listen to the voice from heaven which tells them to listen to him, listen to his voice. The excitement of being with Moses, Elijah and the glorious Messiah turns into fear. When they heard this, the disciples fell in their faces, overcome with fear. But a person described now by Matthew as only Jesus touches them, encourages them, and together they descend the mountain. The glory has gone, but Jesus is still with them. On the way down the mountain, to resume the journey towards Jerusalem, death and resurrection, Jesus hints to them that the glory that they have known briefly will only be his through the experience of suffering and death. Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. There is more to this experience than what they have experienced on the mountain. The Son of Man must first die and be raised. As we begin our second week of Lent, the Church asks us to hear the story of the Transfiguration in our liturgy, to teach us that there is no place and no time for the disciple of Jesus to pitch a tent, to dwell on those moments of success and truth and genuine enlightenment which occasionally come our way in our journey of faith. We must recognise that we too are privileged to stand within God's saving history, standing between the givenness of the law, the prophets, and the life, death, and teaching of Jesus. At times we too are touched by hints of the glory which lies ahead. But to settle for what has been called the seeds of the promise, not the fullness of the promise, but these little seeds of the promise. Thus, stopping our journey would be to miss the promise itself. That promise will only be fulfilled in the Paschal events that we will celebrate in some weeks when the Son of Man is crucified and rises from the dead. The season of Lent instructs us that we must follow a suffering Jesus along a way of the cross to come with him 
to glory. But in the event of the transfiguration, we are told in no uncertain terms that this person whom we follow is indeed God's Son and that we must listen to him. We now recommend 10 to 15 minutes of personal reflection on what you've just heard. Please pause the track now and resume when you're ready to return. Welcome back. We conclude now with a reading of the text by Georgina. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There, in their presence, he was transfigured. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as dazzling as light. And suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them. They were talking with him. Then Peter spoke to Jesus. Lord, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. If you want me too, I will make three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when suddenly a bright cloud covered them with shadow. And suddenly from the cloud there came a voice which said, This is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favour. Listen to him. When they heard this, the disciples fell on their faces, overcome with fear. But Jesus came up and touched them, saying, Stand up, do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. As they came down from the mountain, Jesus gave them this order, Tell no one about this vision until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Thanks for listening to Audio Divina. Special thanks to our readers for this episode, Michael and Georgina. If you would like to be a reader or have any other feedback, please contact us at audiodivina at or on our Facebook page.